Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted a sample of the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menounos, your life improvement series starts now. An emotional blueprint is the compilation of patterns of thoughts, feelings, and actions that are actually inherited from our ancestors. This is the most incredible, mind-blowing information. Judy Wilkins-Smith is teaching us all about how we can inherit our emotions and feelings. We can get trapped in patterns that are actually not ours. They're maybe our moms or our grandmas or our great-grandmas. You guys are gonna love this episode. If you've already listened to it, listen again because you're gonna hear something new, I guarantee. And if you haven't listened before, oh, get that notebook ready because you're about to have your mind blown. Ooh, the other thing Judy teaches us about is how to not play small. Be that big, bold person that you're meant to be and own it. It's such a good episode. Enjoy. We love you, Heal Squad. If you guys haven't left an Apple podcast or Spotify review, it means the world to us and it really, really helps. So if you haven't, please do and enjoy the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to Better Together. When you know better, you get better. That's what we do here every single day. I think we're doing a pretty good job at it. Queens, what do you think? I think we're crushing it. I agree. (laughs) Crushing. Oh, man. All right. Our quote of the day, we tend to think we exist in a vacuum, that we're solitary individuals, and yet just the opposite is true. We are deeply connected from the time we're conceived until long after we die. We're part of a multi-generational family system that goes back to the dawn of humanity. We're part of a social system thousands of years in the making. That is from Judy Wilkins Smith Friends Heel Squad. What up? Coming to you from Connecticut. The Queens are on the East Coast. Today we're going to be chatting with Judy Wilkins Smith who wrote the book Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint. She is going to help us with how we can transform through disentangling multi-generational patterns. I am so excited about this. Kelsey has been super excited for a really really long time about this interview. And It is coming at the perfect time. So this show has always had uh, incredible moments for me where a guest will come or a book will come or something will come right in the moment that I need it. And uh, I think this is one of those moments for sure. So um, 
Judy is a highly regarded systemic work and constellations expert. I've never heard of any of this before. Kelsey, have you heard of this before? None of it. Um, She's a coach, a thought partner, a motivational speaker. She has 18 years of expertise in assisting high performance individuals, fortune 500 executives and their teams, as well as legacy families to breaking limiting cycles reframing challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. So today we're going to be talking all about decoding your emotional blueprint, uh, what that really is, um, what multi-generational patterns are. So I'm sure you guys, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned this on the show at some point, but I've, I've been realizing that there's this field around us that, by the way, I'm also noticing that my hands look really large on a Zoom. <laughs> they don't to us. They it's like normal. pterodactyl, like <laughs> some pterodactyl is in here. <laughs> I was noticing it yesterday when I was, look at how big. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, <It's> so funny. <laughs> anyhow, um, I talk with my hands, so it's really hard to not do it. Anyhow, uh, I've been noticing lately that there's this field around us And I know that part of the field awareness is through Dr. Joe Dispenza and understanding the idea of kind of planting things in your field and helping yourself to manifest them. But I've been thinking that there's this field that I have to break um, things from. I have to rip some things out because everyone in our orbit is getting the same kind of stuff, right? So Kevin was breaking his teeth. And then all of a sudden, Alyssa calls me, she broke her teeth. Now we had just been talking about it in the kitchen together. And like a week later, she calls me, she broke a tooth. And then I feel like it was probably a week or two later, I broke a tooth. I'm like, what the F? I don't break teeth. (laughs) Like what's happening here? Kevin at least is grabbing stuff and breaking, you know, packages open with his teeth. And, you know, he kind of deserves the broken tooth. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, come on, this should show you now. Don't do that. Yeah. Or like, my dad got pernicious anemia a year, maybe two years ago. Then I got it. Now Alyssa has it. You know, my I had Hashimoto's. Kevin got Hashimoto's. My mom had thyroid. Like I feel there's a field around us. And that's why there were so many brain tumors. My mom, then me, then the two dogs. I feel like there's a field And I didn't know where to start to try to figure it out. Other than in meditations, I'm trying to rip things out. Like I'll, I'll just say, look, no, let's collapse this field and let's get rid of all of this kind of juju, whatever it is, but I don't know how to do it. And then this came to me and I'm realizing that's exactly kind of what she's talking about. I think. And you know what? Right. Yeah. And I'm really excited for you to talk to her because it was like, it still is really confusing to me. Like when I was reading it, I'm just like, it makes sense. Obviously she breaks it down, but it's still confusing. It's a lot. It's a lot. So I'm excited yeah. for, cause you're really good, Maria. I feel like at like, okay, no, ex- explain that. Like if I don't get it, no one else is understanding it. So like really breaking it down. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm excited for because I think that this is like game changing. Her work that she's doing is like, it makes perfect sense, but I'm just like, wait, how do, how do I do it? What? So I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. We'll jump right into this. Judy, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, As I was just telling you earlier, I feel like this is perfectly timed for me. And then when it's perfectly timed for me, it's usually perfectly timed for our heel squad. Um, I think with the work, 
that we've all been doing with Dr. Joe Dispenza. Of course. We're very aware of the field. And so as I was becoming aware of the field, I started becoming aware of patterns in my life and in my family's life. So, um, you know, just a few to mention, uh, you know, my, my mom and I with our brain tumors and then the dogs getting brain tumors, my dad gets pernicious anemia. I get it. My best friend gets it. My husband's breaking teeth. My best friend's breaking teeth. I'm breaking teeth. All of us are seemingly getting the same things and it's very loud now. And so I feel like there's something there. And then also another thing that I've realized is we take on things that aren't ours. So I woke up one day in, you know, maybe this last year, oh, last six months after my mom passed. And I said, wait a second, I've been so afraid of money and scarcity my whole life. And yet I was a self-made millionaire at 22 and have only succeeded wildly since. Why am I still living in scarcity? That's not my stuff. And so I want everyone to understand those multi-generational patterns. You're going to explain all of this to us, but it's really powerful. And I'm so grateful that God sent you to us today, because I feel like we're all going to have so many huge breakthroughs about our lives and be able to shed things that aren't ours, or at least learn how to start doing it. So let's start with decoding your emotional blueprint. What does that mean? So you've said so much. I mean, if you were looking at my face, I was popping with all of the stuff that you were saying. Like, yes. So you have an emotional blueprint. You inherit your pattern of thoughts, feelings, actions, inactions. And please remind me to come back to the field. But you have all of these patterns that are passed down from generation to generation. Often they're incomplete patterns or they're patterns of strength. The incomplete patterns cycle down and then you get what you described, which was, hold on, I'm a self-made millionaire by the age of 22 and I'm still scared when it comes to money. So that's your money DNA. You've inherited money DNA that says, be careful of money. It's all going to go away. Watch out, watch out. Sky's falling. We're going to have feast. We're going to have famine. It won't stay around you. And so you've got all of these things sitting, but they're not yours. They don't belong to you. You actually had it right, right, but you didn't flip it. You know that you're capable of doing something different, but you didn't switch off the, what I call a self-spell or a systemic spell. You didn't switch off the little voices that said, oh, we're in trouble, we're in trouble. They were in trouble. You're not. Your sentence is, for all of you who couldn't, I did. Hey, money, you're a great friend for me. I love being around you. You, you're super. We've also been taught that it's either love or money. Money is the root of all evil, or love of money is the root mm-hmm. of all evil. Not true. Lust of money, possibly love of money, suggests wise stewardship and kindness around money. And we need to teach people around us more that money DNA, any of the DNA, is what we take it and make it. What becomes our truth. But you spoke about the field. In this work, in systemic work, we talk about the knowing field. That's the repository of all the events, everything that's ever been, everything that was said or not said, all the actions and inactions, all of the thoughts, feelings, and actions, because the thoughts, feelings, and actions are what create your emotional DNA. 
and epigenetics will tell you if there is a strong enough imprint on the system because of something that you feel or experience and code in as this is terrible, this is scary. If your body feels what your mind is telling it, that becomes the truth. Only it's not the truth, it's your truth, and you can change that anytime you want to. So when you talk about a field, my smile kind of went right up because, yes, there is a field, there is a knowing field. And, of course, the minute you start to do what you did, which also made me smile, you started to go into the quantum field. You were doing one new thought, one new feeling, one new action. And the minute you do that, you're now no longer living ancient history. Your predictable future is no longer predictable. You've just moved into a, a now, a present, and one thought, one feeling, one action at a time, you are recreating or recrafting emotional DNA. So the old pattern sits here and the new pattern's going, hey, this is the chapter that only you can write. I'm really exciting, but we have to stop this one first. This one has wisdom for this one. This one has a legacy for that one. So then the other thing that's happening for you is you're you're entangling in other people's patterns. So I wonder, as a younger person and as a now person, are you someone who holds a lot for others? Because if you do, you're holding for mom, dad, the dogs. The, you want to just be a little wary of doing that. Well, I don't think I know how not to. And Judy, I think most of us women don't know how to, right? We're trained that we are good if we are everything to everyone from a young age. And so this is a training that goes on. It's a grooming that happens that you're the good girl if you remember everyone's birthday and you remember to buy the flowers and you remember to send the card and you do all the things and you're the one who shows up in the disaster. And so we have been trained to abandon ourselves for everyone else. And it's funny, I had a reading recently with a friend who's a psychic and he was saying to me, he goes, you have to disentangle. He literally was saying this from everyone. He goes, your husband, your father, everybody, because you're so connected that you're taking everything on from all of them. And yes, I mean, I spent five years in the trenches taking care of my mom with glioblastoma Right. And a couple months after she was diagnosed, I was diagnosed. Of course. Um, I didn't realize how much of a caretaker I really was because I was so busy doing everything that it took a long time to realize I was t- caretaking for my dad from the time I could actually do it as a young person. And I had to be in tune with him. My mom and I, uh, cause he was type one diabetic and he didn't understand the language. And there were a lot of things that were missing in translation. Right his sugars would plummet and we would notice he wasn't home in time. So when he wasn't home on time, we knew something bad happened and we would have to call hospitals and police stations. He was arrested once they thought he was drunk, but he was having a low sugar attack. So we lived on pins and needles our whole lives. And we had to be so connected to him that we would know where to find him. If I was in school, I would get the feeling in my gut that he wasn't okay. And I would run home and find him comatose on the floor and have to revive him. So that was a very deep, deep level of empathic behavior. I think to have to make sure that my dad was alive for us. It was Absolutely. reliant on me and my mom. 
what you've just nailed is what we call a systemic sentence. So the sentence that runs everything. If I am not available, if I am not tuned in, somebody will die. Yes. And I think yeah. a lot of women feel that whether it's the exact symptoms or situation like mine or not, I know going to college and living there was a huge um, thing for me. And I cried for so many nights because I was like, if I'm not there and something happens, what am I yeah. going to do? Yeah. And then when I moved 3000 miles away to LA, what am I going to do? And then what would happen is I would feel it 3000 miles away and I would call. Even my dog would tell me if something was wrong, he would act weird. And I'd say, huh, something's wrong. And I would call my mom and my, my dad would have fallen into a low blood sugar attack. So how, how do we first even define this? I think even me just sharing that maybe people will start to see these patterns. Um, but how do we kind of see these blueprints in these multi-generational patterns in our lives, identify them? And then what do you do? So first of all, I want to say for you, your shift will be from entanglement to empowerment. You've got the ability to connect into so many people. If you can empower them, it makes them strong and it, it relieves you. Super mm. important. Plus, they, then, then what happens is instead of you being the caretaker, you be the inspiration, which you already are. So I would, I would really say go in that direction encourage people to rise up because you can, you've done, show them that. Then it's not a burden, it's a sharing. Mm. So you also, you asked me, how do we recognize those? The systemic sentences, the systemic language. It's where you find yourself saying the same thing about money, relationships, leadership, whatever it is. What are the sentences that came down through your family system? Those are the ones you want to hone in on because they've become the truth. Only they're not the truth. They're just your truth. And you can change those anytime you want to. Like an adopted truth. It's an adopted truth. Most of our truths are adopted truths. And we're very powerful spell casters. The minute you tell yourself something that your body believes, that's your new truth. So if you're going to do it, you want to do something that feels good at least. The other way that you learn to, to watch for them is idiosyncratic language and um, inflated language. If I'm not there, somebody will die. That's inflated language. What does that tell me? There is a situation here we need to pay attention to. I'm burning up. I had a woman who kept saying to me, I'm burning up, I'm burning up. And eventually I said to her, was there a fire in the system? What is the burning up, burning up? And she went, oh, I never thought about that. My mother and I outran a volcano. My father and brother did not. So the language that we speak is highly unique and extremely specific, but we're not always listening to what we're saying. So if you look at that, if you look at places where you get sad, mad, irritated, annoyed, fussed, those, that's where your systemic language is. It's your treasure trove. What you want to ask is, what do I tell myself about this subject? What do mm. I make it mean about me? What do I make it mean about others? What is it trying to become? What are some of the most common ones you hear? Money, for sure. Relationships. I'm useless at relationships. In our, one of my favorites, I had a lady come and see me and she said, so this was at a live event. So she walks in and she says, well, 
I'm here because you better help me and work with me because I'm about to divorce my stupid husband. And stupid husband's with her. And I'm going, oops, this is is going to be interesting. Wow. (laughs) So I said to well, tell me about stupid husbands. She says, well, he's number three. So I said, three. So we put up representatives for three so we could see them. So I said, tell me about your mom. Tell me about her relationships. Oh, she had three very stupid husbands. She had to divorce them all. So we put those up and a representative for mom. And I said, tell me about grandma. But she was the worst. She had three she had to divorce because they were so st- And I said to her, can you see there's a pattern? She goes, really? <laughs> when you're in the middle of it, you don't see it. Yeah. But if you're standing on the outside looking in, you begin to see these patterns all around you. In your family, it's almost as though you've gone into, we all take care of each, of each other at a very deep level. Everybody's got to be around everybody else, but you're all getting tired. Mm. Yes. And picking up things you don't want to pick up. No, no, I know. Well, so is that where the constellation terminology comes from, where you're seeing the... Okay, yeah. So a constellation is a a 3D approach. So what would happen is you might come in and say, hey, I'm struggling with, and I would say to you, pick a representative for your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, and one for you. And then I'll say to you, so you're going to pick a live representative, or if we don't have those, we use pieces of paper with direction. And I say to you, I want you to give me a spatial representation of that. So set them up the way that it is for you. Now you've got a 3D picture. So by using that 3D picture, we can see who looks in, who looks out, who's close, who's more distant, who is disconnected, who's really connected in. And by asking questions about that, all of a sudden, instead of you trying to work it out in your brain, you're seeing it, feeling it, experiencing it. You're touching it. And so what you're having is a multisensorial experience of your issue, which mm-hmm. becomes an embodied experience, and that leads to the aha shift. So you're seeing who's seeing in and who's seeing out. What does that mean? Who looks, in other words, do we have dad, do you position dad so that he faces away from the family? And then I would say to you, what's that about? Where's he looking? Or maybe mom faces away from the family. What's What happened to mom? So the way that you set people up quite unconsciously tells a story. And mm. so what I do is walk in and say to you, tell me about that piece. Tell me about that piece. And you start understanding for yourself why things are the way they are. Hey, Maria, why is it that I see you smack in the middle of mom and dad? Were you always the super glue? Oh, yeah, that was my job. And how heavy is that for you? It can get heavy. So you're used to carrying. The upside is you've become very strong. The downside is when you need somebody to see you and help you, they're not always there because you're still busy being the strong one. So So that's something that's interesting. I feel like you know, and you, when you talk about patterns, right, there's a lot of us experience disappointment. And usually we feel like it's because we have high expectations around people. So for example, I, 
I'm in a period where relationships <clears throat> are being re-examined apparently. And it makes sense because I'm seeing it smack me in the face left and right. And I'm like, wait, these are people who have been good to me and have been in my life. Um, and people I love and have cared for. And you're like, wait, why are they behaving like this now? What's happening? Why is, why are things being disrupted? And, and, and why are they letting you down in moments that they've never really let you down in before? What is that about? Well, what's happening is one of you is growing and shifting. And the purpose, yep, the purpose they served is done. So it's thank you and it's adding different. So do you think they sabotage it? No, I think it's concluded. <laughs> and I think sometimes if we're very loyal, which I suspect you are, you don't want to let go too quickly, but mm. you may let go too slowly. They're already somewhere else and you're still there for them, but they may have shifted into another place and you have shifted into another place. You have different needs and different requirements. Well, if they're all still in your orbit, how does anybody else come in and work with you or be around you or be that person that you can depend on? There's got to be some space. So they're very elegantly shifting out of the way so that others can come in. Judy just dropped a truth bomb. Holy moly. It's really crazy because I know in this work with Dr. Joe, I got to a place where the same things weren't stimulating me anymore. I just wanted to be meditating. That's and my friend is. was visiting me and I said to her, I said, I'm so sorry. It's not you. I just don't want to watch TV and I don't want to play cards. Like the things that we would normally do on a weekend right. to just like relax. Like I just... It, it doesn't feel right to me anymore. And I, I really just want to go and meditate and I'm so sorry. And she was super understanding and great, but I see, I see that growth spurt happening. And what's horrible is I think a lot of us on these journeys to getting better and, and, and these, you know, these growth journeys experience so many pain points like this, where you're confronted with these shifts and it's really sad and very lonely and very painful. And so I wonder how you coach people through those moments. Yeah. Oh, it's really exciting. We haven't been taught that it's okay to be a little different and to keep growing. And so we see something new and go, oh, they're not with me anymore. Instead of, hey, look what I'm going to. Look where I'm moving. In those moments where you're wanting to meditate, you have you've stumbled into not really but you've walked into a live adventure and you are creating new emotional dna that emotional dna doesn't fit anymore you've got new emotional dna coming and you really want to sit with because you've discovered that life isn't just life it's not just happening at you it's a real genuine live adventure and you're not at the mercy of a whimsical universe. You're co-creating with it. And the minute you start realizing that, and you start realizing that you are a very big being who was never meant to be small. 
When you're on the go 24-7 like me, guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. (laughs) And that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me. From working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials, it's been my go-to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me. With being a first-time mom, for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, Plus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of wonderful pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's Frizi Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with way. Go to the way T H E O U A I.com and enter the promo code heel squad for 15% off any product. That's the way T H E O U A I.com promo code heel squad. Trust me. You won't regret it. You, you have a shift. I was just saying to my husband, I've had to play small my whole life. Okay. I uh, want to outside. Talk about Outside of my actual job, and even in my job, people who were really unsettled by it, I had to play small for them too. But I've had to play small. And I said to him just yesterday, I don't want to play small anymore. So people who have been taught to play, we're all taught to be nice, be quiet, um, be humble, be small. And I have a question I ask every client I ever work with. How big are you willing to be? And they go, isn't that egotistical? And I say, the day you agree to be the biggest version of yourself is the humblest day of your life. 
because it's the first time that you truly agree to be responsible for growing a full life and you are now in service of the universe. I gotta write that down. Wow. You don't get to be small anymore. And all of those nice little let's play smalls, all they did was teach you how to belong in a small box. Yes. That's it. Your your journey is not to belong in a small box. It's to create very big boxes or even beyond boxes and to take people on the journey. You're not supposed to be small and you weren't born to play small. It's okay to stop. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, there's, um, at least for me, I'll say, there's always been this like limiting kind of rudder that's kept me down and it's because of that. And I know it. And, and, and because it takes an emotional um, toll on you when you have to play small, then you think small, you feel small. You don't feel your level of success wherever you are. If you're a doctor, you're a nurse, you're a teacher, whatever it is, you don't feel you when you play small. You're not being a you when you Mm -hmm. play small. You're feeling something, but you're not being you. When you really spark as Maria, people go, whoa, I want to be around that. That's you. The rest is not you. And it's exhausting to try and cram yourself into a size two shoe. Oh, my God, Judy. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're so, so right. The moments I get to be the full expression of me are my most joyous moments um, when I'm around people who allow me to be and encourage me to be. Um, but I know that even growing up, I always had to, I had to play small, I had to try to fit into whatever system, you know, worked. So where does that come from? Oh, that's, that's our meta patterns. Be good, be nice. Girls should be seen and not heard. Kids should be seen and not heard. Girls should be nice and dainty. Men speak, women don't. Um, Nobody likes a show off. Yes. Who are who are you to be the success? Why do you think your star is any better than anyone else's? Because you said yes to it, and the rest are all still saying no. We're all still playing small. We're all. Here's the other piece. We grow up in these major religions or cultures where we are taught: be humble, be small. You're a sinner. You won't get anywhere. Life is just to be done. You should suffer because it's noble. And if you suffer well, die nicely, and then you get seat L34 at the top. Uh, Yeah, no. No. Wow. What is a meta pattern? Okay, so a meta pattern is something like war, something like the big gender pieces, the the big movements that we see, slavery, slavery. Victims and perpetrators of any kind, they come with this whole library of sayings and thoughts and feelings and actions. If you're a certain culture, you're expected to do this, 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 and this. If you come from South Africa, we're small, we're a small country. Don't stick your head up too much. Because if you do, here's a beautiful one. If you look at a meta pattern in America, you're taught say who you are, share who you are and share what you can do. The rest of the world thinks America's lost the plot. You know, it's a little bit braggish. 
I've learned living here, it's really not. It's, it's quite honest. But in South Africa, if you say, well, I'm this, this, and this, or I've done this, this, and this, or I've written a book, they go, oh, because it's really rude to say who you are. So picture that. You come from a place where you're told, shh, nobody really wants to know who you are. It's rude. Mm. We'll find out by accident. What That's a meta pattern. And we all sub into those. Wow. I want to go deeper into the multi-generational patterns. I want to go deeper and understand, you know, how, how they work and, and again, kind of what everyone can do to help dismantle and disentangle. Okay. So, so you're ready for me to take one and just work it. Yeah. So let's suppose I have a client who would like to have a child and she's struggling and she doesn't know why because none of it makes sense. What I will do is I'll first ask her, did you have a significant event in your life that may have stopped that because you told yourself things about that? Were you raped? Was there molestation? Any of that? Because that will have colored your feelings about children. If not, let's have a look. With mom, grandma, great-grandma, did any of those have children and that was the end of their life? Because generations ago it was if you had children, now you were the mom, that was it. No more career for you. Well, that's a little scary as it cascades down for somebody in your situation who says, yeah, if I have children, my life's over. It's not true, but you're still listening to the pattern from up there mm -hmm. where grandma said, I know I was clever, but I never got a chance. Once I had children, my life was over. That cascades all the way down and suddenly you're going, I can't have kids. Don't know why, but I can't have kids. So what we do is we have a look and we go back to that pattern and say, that was grandma's or great grandma's. That was theirs. It's not yours. You're successful. You can do all the things that you want to do. You've created an amazing space that children can come into. It's okay. I had one person who could not get pregnant because she had been uh, raped. And so for her, that whole act was not okay. Put her in a hospital, do IVF, and she would take like that, but not naturally, because naturally had a connotation that lived there, and she couldn't do it. So that's that's a kind of pattern you'll see. Or you may have somebody who is very distant, a, a guy who's very distant, and he says, I, I just don't engage with people. I'm, I'm elsewhere. And my question is, where is elsewhere? Well, I don't know, but I'm, I'm more drawn to out there. What is out there? When we have a look at grandfather or dad, suddenly we discover one of them went off to war came home with PTSD, they were never present again. Where mm. were they? They were elsewhere. there. They were elsewhere. They were still, if you ask often, you'll hear them say, I never got to complete with the ones who didn't make it. I got to come home. They didn't. No, you didn't. You stayed there. And so until we complete that conversation and that pattern, you can't come home and none of your descendants can either. 
So it really is up to us to break those patterns. It's, it, there are two things. When we say break the patterns, it always sounds like it's a bad thing. It's not. A pattern was a solution for something. Back mm. then it was a coping mechanism. But it outlived its solution and we forgot to retire the pattern. So it's alive and well and kicking up. Wow. And what we've got to do is say thank you for what you brought us. It's time for you to rest. So you can serve as wisdom. Now, what can I do differently? And what we're really asking is, how do I add a different pattern, change the pattern to something incredible? And that's the gift. There is always a gift in the old pattern. It's waiting for you to see it so that you can use it and pivot. So how challenging is that work to... Not. Really? Not. This is the beauty of constellations work and or systemic work in constellations and the beauty of, of the book. I've written it so that you can step yourself through it. We're conditioned to think it's going to be terrible. No. Yes, you may get a lump in your throat. You may cry. It may shift you very deeply. But I have people who come often, and you'll hear this from other people in this field. They come and they say, I've been working on this for 20 years. How has this shifted in me in an hour? How? It's because they've embodied it. They've felt it. They've heard it, seen it, tasted it, touched it. And now it can shift and live differently. So no, it is not that difficult. We've just never been taught to do it. As a first-time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. <laughs> you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. <laughs> <laughs> Bonus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, they keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. And is it, once it's gone, is it just gone or is it something you have to keep tending to? I, I would say I, I encourage people to rehearse it, and it's never gone. You don't lose the pattern. It shifts gear. It becomes a source of wisdom. Yes, I don't have to do that anymore. Yes, I don't have to be sad anymore. But you look at that and go, because I was sad, I was inspired to shift to this. So it, it really becomes that source of wisdom that you don't have to lose. You change it into what it's been trying to become. Hmm. Wow. What got you into this space, Judy? Huh. It's, it's a very interesting thing. So my father was killed here in the States. And it was either write books or go crazy. And I decided writing books sounded a little more attractive. So started writing books, was doing research, bumped into this. And um, the person who was doing it said, come study the work and I'll help you with a book. So I went and studied the work and got no help with the book. 
<laughs> and um, then I discovered people would ask me, if you could do it for individuals, can you do it for organizations? So I started working with very big organizations. So, but here's the interesting piece. A good way into it, somebody said to me, well, of course you can do this work. And I went, what? And they said, yeah, you come from South Africa. And I went, okay, that's where it all began. Who knew? I didn't know. There was a gentleman who was a priest who went down to South Africa, studied the Zulu tribe and wanted to tame the Zulu tribe, but says they tamed him and discovered they had no neuroses. Well, the other kicker to that is I worked in a teaching hospital. And when I left, the person who gave my farewell was a Zulu gentleman. And he said to me, you may be leaving us, but you will find a way to represent us in the world. And I went, yeah, yeah. And now I do it every day. Wow. And what's, what is like... What is the most common thing, I guess, that you see now? Is it the multi-generational patterns? Is it, I mean, have we become, okay, so the one thing I also want to say is I feel like the word empath is so highly, highly used now. Everyone's an empath. Everyone feels everything. Is that because we are becoming more aware and maybe perhaps people are all empathic now where they weren't before? Maybe we're more conscious now. Um, what is your take on that? I think we've always been. I think some of us are tuning in more, but I think we've always been. When you get angry, when you get sad, when you look at the shootings that have just happened, we react. Why? Because we're very capable of sensing into each other's systems. We do it all day long. So a constellation, which is, I would say, logical yet deeply mystical, if you come into an event, you will walk away very changed. So it's it's logical, but deeply mystical, but people suddenly tap into something that they know at a deep level, they've always known the deep truths. And I think we are beginning to key into those and realize we really could be incredibly much more than we are right now. Human potential is everything. It's everything. You are capable of being anything you choose. But we've been taught to not choose. Now I think people are becoming aware of that. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I think, um, I think it is awareness. Yeah. It's awareness and it's, it's, we're losing the idea that we are at the mercy of a whimsical universe. We're not. We're co-creators and we really need to get on with it. So that's interesting. How do we deal then with the universe, right? Because we're taught by so many gurus, surrender, surrender, surrender. And I feel like even yesterday, Kelsey and I were having a conversation about surrendering in career sounds a little bit easier, but like when you have health stuff, how can you surrender? And so now is surrendering like a, a thing that works for some things and not for others? How do you use surrendering and how do you use the universe in these situations? So, so I'm going to say in, in this, in systemic work, we call it acknowledging what is. So we're very inclined to not want to acknowledge what is. We would wish for it to be different, but I'm terrible with money. Until you acknowledge, 
I struggle with money. You can't move. When I hear surrendering, what I really hear is you run out of excuses. You run out of buts. You go, I'm in trouble. I need help. That's that's what I think is often meant by surrendering. It's not, here I go, I'm just going to sit here and stuff will happen. You've got to do some work for stuff to happen. Whether that's raising your energy level, whether it's it's focusing on um, what you, the desired outcome, you have to do work on that. So the surrendering is, it's probably more stop resisting. Start acknowledging. And when you do, then what happens is your heart opens, your head opens, and, and the creative center turns on. The gut settles. Now you've got that lovely cohesion. And when you've got that alignment, good stuff happens. Mm, yeah. And it's probably about letting go of all the control too, trying to control the outcomes. Absolutely. It's If you control the outcomes, what you're doing is you're stunting its ability to really express. You know, it's, it's like um, I always say to people, you know, the Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, but could we try it my way? Yeah. <laughs> doesn't it's, always work. Doesn't always work. It's true. Sometimes when I'm praying, I'll like say all these things and I'm like, oh, but yeah, but, I guess whatever it is, it's supposed to be. I guess that's what we should be doing here. <laughs> it's like you go in with your wants and your desires and you're like, but you know better and you have a plan and I trust your plan. I'll do my end. And I'll just see what happens. And like I just so, that's so hard for us because we don't just want to do our piece. We want to do the universe's piece too. And it's going, well, okay, knock yourself out when you're ready. I'm here. I know, right? That's so funny. Um, Queens in the in the booth, Kelsey Puja. Um, I know Kevin's on here too. By the way, Kevin always says, I just deal with what is when he's coaching people. I deal with what is. Uh, if anybody wants to jump in with anything, um, now is your moment. I love Kevin dealing with what is because what is is acknowledging what is. Here's what we got. Mm-hmm. Now let's do that. And if he does that, he won't try and push it. He'll actually allow what needs to come to come. So cool. Judy, I guess my question is for if we want to dive into this work, right? And be like, okay, I need to break these patterns, do all this stuff. Where should we start? Where should someone even like begin on this journey? Honestly, honestly, I would say a couple of things. First of all, my book, it was written specifically so that anybody, it doesn't matter who they are, can pick it up and go, oh, oh, this is, this is what we're doing. Also have a look for yourself at where do I get annoyed, irritated, sad, mad, frustrated, limited, because those are great starting places. Those are the places at which your pattern that's trying to stop is announcing itself loud and clear. I'm bored. I'm tired. I'm done. Will you stop being so depressed? Let's do something different. So look at your bump points and be fearless. There really isn't a ton for us to fear. What we fear often are the ghosts of of Christmas past or ancestors past. Just have a look. Start listening to the to what is said in your family. Start listening to the, the sayings, the limitations, the things you believe are true. But if you ask yourself, are they really may not be. 
I love that. I always feel like I, I think I've identified my biggest bump. And aside from tardiness, I that has always been a thing for me. But the other thing is always is dealing with people who tell me the sky is pink and they're trying to convince me that the sky is pink. And I'm like, no, 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 it's blue. And I'm engaging with these, like we call them pig heads where it's like, wait, are, am I in an alternate universe? The sky is blue. It's not pink. And I find these people always popping up around me. I'm like, why am I surrounded by this? Because their patterns are asking to be included. Anytime, and, not, and that doesn't mean assimilated, include, given a place. Anytime we exclude anything in a system, it'll surface through all of the generations until somebody gives it a place. Because in systems, we know everything has a place and everything has a right to belong. Exclude that and we have people being really discontented and mad and going, but this is right. And you're going, but this is right. No, both are right. Let's just find how they are right. So that's why they're popping up for you. They're asking for a place. Where do I belong in your world? And I think we get stuck a lot in that because we we are polarized at stages where that kind of thought can't belong in my world. Yeah, but. <laughs> no, I don't want that in my world, Judy. They're making me crazy. But it's the if, insane trying to make. No, anyway. if you have a look at where it came from, it comes from somewhere. And the where it came from is going, I need to also be acknowledged and seen. If you keep ignoring me, I'm just going to keep popping up again. Whoa. Louder okay. and prouder, by the way. So I can find like a, a spare room in the shed maybe for them. <laughs> I would find the spare room in the shed with a nice bit of potting soil. <laughs> and, and actually, often all it takes is for someone to say, I see you. I may feel different, but you belong. Mm. And I see you. And how do we talk to each other? Because they're looking at you going, what is wrong with her? And, and they've got this whole alternate, as you said, alternate universe. No, the universe is actually pretty big. It can accommodate us all. But when we start to exclude, we create problems. Mm, fascinating. You know, you talk about uncovering hidden gems and how symptoms that we experience can be gold mines. Will you talk about that? Absolutely. Um, people who will say to me, one of the, the, the ladies who came into, she said to me, I so want to belong in my family, but I'm the one who can never belong. I'm always on the outs. I feel terrible. I want to belong. So I said to her, tell me about, about how does it show up in your body? My heart gets sore. I have this sore heart. So I said to her, tell me about your family. Well, my brother belongs. He's very kind of um, dry and he doesn't have emotions like the rest of the family. And all I ever got was little drops of love. That's all. Just little drops of love. So I said to her, so tell me about you now. Well, I'm a mom. Do you have lots of love? Oh, yes. My community loves me. My, my children love me. But my family. And I said to her, tell me more about your family. Well, they, they were Holocaust survivors. So I said to her, stop. They couldn't show emotion, could they? It was dangerous. Yeah, but all I ever got were little drops of love. And I said to her, that's all they could give you. Look what you grew from what they gave. Wow. 
And she went, I'm never going to see this the same again. I belong. Wow. We've just got to look. Wow, wow, wow. Um, Pooja, I didn't give you a chance. Anything you wanted to jump in here on? Um, I just, I love what you said, Judy, about how breaking patterns isn't a bad thing because I know like even when you were talking about it, I was like, oof, that's going to suck when we start doing it. But it's reassuring to hear that it's not really breaking it. It's just changing it and adapting it and evolving it to where we are now because those old patterns served themselves back then. And we can, like you said, say thank you to them, be kind to it. We've been practicing that, you know, with everything, things that we see as bad in our lives. We're like, no, they're actually, they serve a purpose. We tell them thank you. We give them the grace and then we just change them we just and you know, yes and when you say thank you ask them what can I add now because that's your piece what is the piece that only I can add you are saying thank you and and your thanks is to do really well that's what the system is asking you to do any family system any organizational system um just for you I often will line people up and we talk about the pattern and I have them one behind the other with their hands on each other's backs. And then I ask the great-grandmother or the great-grandfather to take a nice deep breath and breathe it through the generations. And when it gets to the mother or father, for them to push you forward and say, do better than us. That is your gift. Wow. This is amazing, amazing work. And uh, I feel like we have to have a part two very, very soon because there's so much um, that we didn't get to that I really would love to get to. The book is called Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. It is out now. We'll put a link to this in the summary of the episode, as well as Judy's Instagram, Judy Wilkins-Smith. Um, and uh, yeah, Judy, I would love to have you back for sure. I to would talk. love to come back. Relationship, the different DNAs we didn't get to. There's so much, um, but this was a good introductory. Sometimes it's like on something new that we haven't um, been exposed to. I love the introduction and then we can go deeper. And so uh, we're so grateful for you today. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And I love that you're doing Dr. Joe's work. It is so aligned. It's so aligned. Thank you. Uh, Kelsey, that was even a million times better than you said it was going to be. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be amazing, but my goodness. I know. I've been really, 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 really excited for her. I just knew you guys would click. So I'm so glad. Oh my God. She's amazing. And, and I just, I, 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 I'm so grateful that we're exposed to her work because I think it's our next level. It's like mm -hmm. we're layering on top of things like there's the Dr. Jill work and, and, you know, creating our lives, but there's patterns that we need to shift out of too, as we're doing this, that, um, need some attention. So I'm, I'm mind blown. I'm going to listen to this episode three more times <laughs> right? and, I'm going to work with Judy and I'm going to take that, that cap off the, the top and, and shoot to the moon. I, I told her I've, I've played small, um, to make people feel comfortable around me because I knew how lonely it felt when I didn't in the moments I didn't just to feel the ickiness from people. 
was really hard. And, uh, and it's just a scary thing, right? I think a lot of women for sure were afraid of what level of success we can go to if we allow it. And I know that sounds weird for me to say, because I know all of you look at me and think, oh, she's so successful or whatever. And I am, but I know there are other levels that I've just shut down for a long time. You know, playing small is something that uh, a lot of us do. And, um, and I hope that this encourages all of us to, to try to stop that pattern and, and live our full expression of ourselves, because imagine the gifts that we've been given that we are stunting and hiding because we're afraid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or want to want to make, don't want to make other people, you know, whatever, uncomfortable, this, that. Yeah. That hit me a lot too. I wrote oh that down. God. I've done so many things to make people feel comfortable. I've mm-hmm. gained weight. Too. Um, I've done all kinds of things. And so um, that ends today, friends. I hope it <laughs> ends for you. Uh, and in the meantime, you know what I'm going to say? Be nice people, make good choices, and be present. This podcast and all related content published or distributed by or on behalf of Maria Menunos or mariamenunos.com is for informational purposes only and may include information that is general in nature and that is not specific to you. Any information or opinions expressed or contained herein are not intended to serve as or replace medical advice, nor to diagnose, prescribe, or treat any disease, condition, illness, or injury, and you should consult the healthcare professional of your choice regarding all matters concerning your health, including before beginning any exercise, weight loss, or healthcare program. If you have or suspect you may have a healthcare emergency, please contact a qualified healthcare professional for treatment. Any information or opinions provided by a guest expert or host featured within website or on company's podcast are their own, not those of Maria Menounos or the company. Accordingly, Maria Menounos and the company cannot be responsible for any results or consequences or actions you may take based on information or opinions. Hey, Heal Squad, we have been on quite the journey together, and we're hearing from so many of you just how much this show is helping you heal and get better, and it makes us feel so good. We love, love, love it, and we just ask that you don't keep it to yourself. Spread the message and share the show or your favorite episode with your friends. And if you want to help us even more, you can leave us a five-star rating and a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and follow us on Instagram at Heal Squad. You can also DM us anytime because we love connecting with you. And finally, you can also join us on Patreon for our monthly live heal events with world-class healers and ad-free episodes exclusive only to Patreon and our Super Heal Squad for as little as $10 a month. So go to patreon.com backslash heel squad to join. Getting better isn't easy, friends, but as I say all the time, it's a whole lot easier if we can do it together. We love you all so much, and we love doing this thing called life with you.